Not all that long ago, greed in the banking industry led to sales slogans such as eight is great. Fast forward to 2020, and what's really great is teaching consumers how to be financially literate. Today, Kathleen Craig of HT Mobile Apps shares her vision for making it happen. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, and I want to reassure our listeners to protect you from the coronavirus. I have my mask on right now, so don't worry. Coming in from Ann Arbor, Michigan, we have Kathleen Craig. Kathleen is the founder and CEO of HT Mobile Apps. That's a Michigan-based innovative fintech company serving banks and credit unions with offerings that include Banker Junior, Member Junior, Hip Pocket, and Plinket. Kathleen has a passion for technology and education, and that inspires her apps to increase users' financial literacy. Kathleen, welcome back to Bankadelic. Thank you. So glad to be here. And I say welcome back because for those listeners who don't know, Kathleen participated in a four-woman panel on women and financial services that became, within a week, the top-rated episode on Bankadelic since we kicked off in March. And Kathleen, you made valuable contributions to that podcast. I want to thank you for that up front and urge listeners to check that out. Thank you so much. It was a great group of women you all brought together. So it was an honor to be a part of it. There is the very interesting phenomenon of how you partner with community financial institutions. Tell us about that and what your objectives are in those partnerships. Yeah, absolutely. So prior to working at a community-based bank, you know, my generation, I'm at that older edge of millennial, I guess. I heard a lot about shop local and eat local. But before I worked for a community bank, I didn't really understand what a difference community banks make. Sponsoring Little League, right? Making small business loans, all those great things. So when I was in the bank, I realized how much we did for the community, how much financial education we did. But we were looking at how do we take that same experience and make it digital. At the time, I didn't feel like others were doing it. So I thought it was a good opportunity and much needed market that I could create a company around. In the big scheme of things, data and technology have limitless iterations. How are you doing it? Yeah. With Plinket, for example, which is kind of our premier product, we have a savings application that's similar to a Digit or an Acorns or Capital. But what we love about it is because of our partnership with banks, we don't have to charge the end user. So our banks pay us for the software, and we're able to offer this great automated savings tool, helping people have $500 or $1,000 for the first time in their lives for free. No fees on a monthly basis like some of the direct-to-consumer applications. You have some valuable learnings to share. What are some things that you're finding out about consumer behavior, consumer patterns that are very important to keep in mind? 
Especially when I may be talking to a bank CEO or a bank board member, I think a lot of people still fail to realize, even pre-COVID, how many people struggle to save. One in two people don't have $1,000 in savings, right? One in two people really struggle to save. That it's not this underbanked or low-income issue. Financial education, developing a savings, staying below your means is pretty universal problem that I think as an industry we need to help with and we can help with. And in the time of COVID, those pressures have to be greater than ever before. And there is that tension between learning these essential habits and just keeping up with the pace of life and the economic peril. How do we keep our eyes on the financial literacy ball? Yeah, we have felt really blessed for a couple of reasons. First, I mean, the amount of people that reached out to us and said, I got furloughed or I had a reduced income, but I had a little money in savings and Plinket that made me able to survive was hugely rewarding. And we felt blessed that we were able to help people in that way. But then the other surprising thing for us is when COVID hit and everything was happening, and I think we're still in it, so I don't like to talk about it in the past tense. We wondered if there'd be a run on deposits, right? If people would need to dip into that savings. And what we found actually is many people didn't. There were a few that did and they were glad it was there, but we didn't have a huge increase in withdrawals during the time. I think people adjusted their spending and their output and were managing that way, which we were proud to see that they were keeping that emergency fund for the last resort. That bridges into financial literacy in general. I have to tell you, I'm passionate about it. Jennifer Tesher has been a guest on my podcast multiple times. She's the CEO of the Financial Health Network. Rochelle Naraki Gori coming up, who is the CEO of Spring 4. People who are very concerned about this issue. Why in particular are you passionate about it? And why do you think others in the industry should be as well? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I grew up one of six kids, a daughter of an entrepreneur. So we had money, we didn't have money. There were six of us always fighting for resources. So growing up in kind of a varying income family and not feeling that stability, I really realized young how much impact money and financial wellness, true financial wellness impacts every other part of your life. It impacts your health. It impacts your mental well-being. You know, all of these other things a lot of times come back and the root cause is money and that security that money offers. And so I just have a really strong passion. There's study after study that shows a child with even a dollar in savings and even some basic money knowledge is four times more likely to go to college and to graduate because of that life skill, that confidence that knowing about money brings. And it can really change the trajectory of not only an individual, but of a family tree. I know much different from when I grew up where we really didn't talk about this stuff. Why do you think the conversation is coming more front and center in financial services? Yeah, I think it's the same way we talk about, you know, the wellness of children and mental health and several other taboo topics have started to be talked about. I mean, I know from working at a community bank, we had husbands and wives that didn't know what each other made, 
right? They didn't even know each other's income. We know many parents don't talk to their children about what they make or their money situation. But again, just like we learned that talking about mental health and depression is good and it's good to have those conversations to take the stigma out of it, I think we're learning the same thing about money, that while you may not want to tell people what you make or your income, having conversations with your family about refinancing your mortgage or how you got out of credit card debt are great conversations to have because someone else in your family is struggling and you could help them or maybe they could help you with tips of how they did it. I'm going to ask you a question based on something you just said. Do you think people on your end of the industry should educate themselves more about the connection between financial stress and emotional stress, physical stress, mental health stress? Absolutely. We do a lot with it. And again, I always say when I'm talking to banks, I don't like to get on my soapbox and it can feel that way. But there is a strong link, right, between money, security, knowing you can feed your family, knowing you can pay your rent, knowing you can pay your utilities and your overall well-being and your overall feeling of wellness. And those are things I don't think in previous generations we've acknowledged or talked about. Money was so secret and so private, so people were suffering in silence and privately with a really big issue. Will COVID, in your view, change the equation insofar as financial literacy? I wonder if we're gonna see something akin to what's happening with FinTech, where there has been this massive acceleration, both in need and development. Financial literacy, it seems like the stakes are particularly high right now. I always hope so. I would not pretend that we've cracked the code on it yet. I think it's a lot easier for people to say they want to learn about money than it is for them to give up their Starbucks, right, no. on a daily or weekly <laughs> basis. But I think that there will be attention on it, right? And I think there will be a need, and I do think there will be a percentage of the population that says, you know, if something like this were to happen again, or as we continue down this, I want to be financially stable. I want to know I have that emergency fund and I want to know how to do it, right? And put myself in the right position. So I hope that that's part of what comes out of this for sure. The shot across the bow in some sense might've been the Wells Fargo scandal where John Stumpf, what a Dickensian name, bragged that eight is great. We have to sell, sell, sell. We have to get products into people's hands by any means necessary. Now it's much more an age where financial institutions understand that they have to partner with their clients. How do you think financial institutions and consumers can get together to build that bridge of financial literacy to make it better for everybody? I think it all starts with trust, right? I think a lot of that got broken in 2008. And unfortunately, I think credit unions and community banks paid the price of a lot of the bigger banks like Wells, the things that were shady that they did. So I think it starts with trust and realizing that we truly do want to help and community banks really are there to help their end users and making decisions for their consumers, right? Overdraft fees for me are one of the biggest examples of the fact that that ever became a large part of a community bank's balance sheet is not the right thing, right? That should have never been a large part of our income, these large overdraft fees that were detrimental to people's financial wellness. 
So I think there's a journey of trust on both sides and a commitment, but I think there's a lot of really great people trying to figure that out and work together. I think all data and personalization in digital needs to happen, and we're a ways away from that as an industry. I think my Starbucks app knows me better than my banking app, and that bums me out sometimes, right? I'm a small business owner with you know over a million dollars in deposits, and I'll get a note that says, hey, have you ever looked at opening a small business account with us? Yeah, I have. I have one with you, you know? So there's some things in personalization that we need to get to. Obvious then we need communication. You're a great communicator. Your appearance today and on that record-breaking podcast is evidence of that. My hope is that you can facilitate more conversations as you do good in the industry, which is what you're doing right now. Kathleen, thank you so much for being on Bankadella. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. Kathleen Craig is the founder and CEO of HT Mobile Apps. She's based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Go blue. You can look for Kathleen on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. Now, There is financial literacy, which means getting your numbers together. And there is podcast host literacy, which in this case means counting to 10. That's a challenge. Counting to eight, still a challenge. Counting to five, forget about it. But I can still count to three, and that means it's time for three Three bullet bullet points. points. Number one. One in two people don't have $1,000 in savings, but it's not this underbanked or low income issue. Financial education, developing a savings, staying below your means is a pretty universal problem that I think as an industry we need to help with. Number two. Overdraft fees should have never been a large part of a community bank's balance sheet fees that were detrimental to people's financial wellness. But I think there's a lot of really great people trying to figure that out and work together. So I think there's a journey of trust on both sides. Number three. There is a strong link between money security, knowing you can feed your family, knowing you can pay your rent, knowing you can pay your utilities, and your overall well-being. In previous generations, money was so secret and so private, so people were suffering in silence with a really big issue. And now, lose views. 
Kathleen Craig shared a little bit of her story growing up and how financial literacy really was a struggle. I could identify because in my own upbringing, financial literacy simply didn't exist. My father was quite the character, and for most of his adult life, he went through his financials without a checking account. He sometimes paid his taxes and sometimes didn't. Saving for a rainy day? That just was unheard of. And yet I have a lot of sympathy for my dad because I'm not sure that his parents taught him the nuts and bolts of financial literacy, and I'm not sure his grandparents knew much about it. They came over on a boat from southern Italy, and survival was job one. Fast forward to COVID-19 and 2020. Survival is the name of the game for so many people, and living paycheck to paycheck, that isn't even a reality. It's unemployment paycheck to paycheck for many. Banks, community banks, financial institutions, even service vendors. We have a job, we have a calling, and that calling is to help people learn the nuts and bolts of finance, to take what little they have now and help them ride the storm out. Better days are ahead. We can all be sure of that. Will we emerge in partnership with these people who so much need our help, or will it be back to square one with service charges, overdraft fees, and people having a less than positive view of our industry? and headed off to other places to be served. Think about it. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done with the Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.